would remain standing and take your copies of God's Word and turn with me here tonight to 2 Samuel chapter 13. Second Samuel 13, we'll begin at verse 1 and read tonight through verse 21. Hear now the word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us, so let us pay close attention. Now Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And after a time, Amnon, David's son, loved her. And Amnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said to him, O son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, let my Sister Tamar, come and give me bread to eat and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went into her brother Amnon's house where he was lying down. And she took dough and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and emptied it out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Send out everyone from me. So everyone went out from him. And Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the chamber that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them into the chamber, chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, come, lie with me, my sister. She answered him, no, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. As for me, where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would not listen to her, and being stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Get up, go. 
She said to him, no, my brother, for this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. He called the young man who served him and said, put this woman out of my presence and bolt the door after her. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves, for thus were the virgin daughters of the king dressed. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the long robe that she wore. And she laid her hand on her head and went away, crying aloud as she went. And her brother Absalom said to her, Has Amnon your brother been with you? Now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. So Tamar lived a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard all of all these things, he was very angry. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening, we looked at the second half of 2 Samuel 12, and we saw the, the child of David, born to him by, uh, born to him in Bathsheba, died. We saw as the child was sick, David prayed for the child. He would not eat. He fasted. He laid on the floor, and he prayed just hoping that God would be merciful to him. The child died and immediately David arose and went and washed himself and anointed himself, changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and, and he worshipped and he went to his own house and he began eating. And his servants were going, why? why are you doing this? And David said these words, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him. But he will not return to me. Solomon was born shortly after. And we saw as well last week how the Ammonites were defeated by David. And now we come to this chapter this evening. And what do we find? We find great dysfunction... In David's house. Now we know why. It's caused by, by David's sin. It's caused by the sins he had committed with Bathsheba and against Uriah the Hittite. God said to David, David, evil is going to rise up from out of your own house. And tonight we begin to see that evil beginning to rise. From this time Fourth, David would be followed with one trouble after another. Now, what were, was David's two great sins? Well, adultery and murder. And over the next two weeks, we will see two of his sons committing those same sins. First tonight, Amnon committing great sin, raping his sister or half-sister, Tomorrow. The Lord willing, next week we will see the second of David's great sins by, by Absalom. 
David's son. And so we are reminded how God keeps his word to David. Again, God forgave David for his sin, but God keeps his word concerning all the trouble that would come to David's house. And so there are two things we we see tonight and learn here this evening. And the first thing we see is the, the great crime that Amnon committed. Now, who is Amnon? Well, Amnon was David, one of David's son. He was a, a half-brother of Absalom and Tamar. And we have read in our text in verse 1 that Absalom had a sister and she was very beautiful. And her name was Tamar. And there was a problem. Amnon, David's son, he loved her. Now, he did not love her as a brother and a sister. He, he, he desired her. He he lusted after her. It was not love. It was, it was lust. And he had passion for his half-sister. And this tormented him. So much so that he became physically sick. Now to him it seemed impossible. Tamar was still a, a virgin. It seemed impossible for him to be able to to do anything with her, the text reads. Literally, it reads, it was difficult to accomplish in the eyes of Amnon. His passion was so great for his half-sister, he found it impossible to gratify that passion. And so as he was sick with this passion for his sister, he, he had a friend whose name was Jonadab. And not only a friend, but Jonadab was a son of Shemaiah, David's brother. And so Jonadab was Amnon's cousin. And did you hear what God said of Jonadab? He was a very crafty and deceitful man. Jonadab saw Amnon's demeanor. And he says, why, why are you like this? Every morning you're haggard. Every, every morning you, you, you are sick. What, what is going on with you? Amnon told him, I love tomorrow. My brother Absalom's sister. And so Jonadab had a plan uh, we see his craftiness, do we not? We see his deceitfulness in this very plan. No wonder God said he was crafty and deceitful. And, and the plan was very simple. He said, Amnon, go lie down on your bed, pretend to be sick. And when David comes to see how you are, ask for tomorrow. Ask for her to cook for you. Ask for her to prepare food in your sight that you may see it and eat it from her very hand. Amnon did exactly what Jonadab said. He lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, he said to the king, please let my sister Tamar come and, and make a couple of cakes in my sight so that I may eat from her hand. Now, it seems that every wife of the king had their own place. 
to live with their children. So in this moment, Amnon and Tamar, they were not living together under the same roof. Amnon was one place, Tamar was another. But the children of the king, it does seem, will come together and they will mingle among, amongst each other. After all, they, they were family. They're half-brother and sister. And so they were familiar with one another. They, they knew one another. So for Tamar, and even for David, this would not have seemed strange for Amnon to call and perhaps to have her come. And so David sends for Tamar. Now David does this in ignorance. He, he doesn't know the plan of his son. He doesn't know what is about to happen. But he told Tamar to go. And she goes down to her brother Amnon's house where he was lying down. He, he put the plan in place. She took the dough and she kneaded it. She prepared the cakes for him and brought it out. And, and he refused to eat. And then Amnon says, tell everyone to get out. Send everyone out for me, And so they went out and Amnon asked Tamar to bring the food into his chamber. And when she did this, he took hold of her and he said, come, lie with me, my sister. Now what Amnon wanted to do and what he does is in violation of the law of God. Leviticus 18 and verse 9, You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your father's daughter, or your mother's daughter, whether brought up in the family or in another home. And so here, Amnon is going to sin greatly against the law of God. And so as he says for, for her to lie with him, she answers, No, my brother, do not violate me. For such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. What she is saying is this. Amnon, you're acting as a pagan. You're acting as a man who, who doesn't know the one true God. Now, he doesn't, does he? For Amnon to do this, it, it, it seems that he wasn't a, a righteous man and, and just decided to do this. No, it seems that he had lived a life of unrighteousness and wickedness. And this is simply just an outpouring of that unbelief and that sin and that wickedness. But she pleads with her brother. Do not do this outrageous thing. For as for me, where would I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. Do not be a fool. A fool is an unbeliever. And then she makes one last plea to him. Please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. Now it does not seem that she actually held out hope that the king would sanction this marriage or this relationship. But she was trying to stop him from doing what he desired to do. But he would not listen to her. And being stronger than her, he violated her and lay with He raped her. He raped his half-sister. 
Now, why would he do this? Well, he was more controlled by, by his passion and lust than by reason. And so he let that passion and that lust rule his heart. And such is the, the power of sin. If it is not kept in check by the fear of God or by love toward the Lord. If we do not keep that in check, this is what happens. And so that's his crime. But then he goes on and he, he spurns her. He, he makes it even worse. It's bad enough that he raped her. But now he hates her. Verse 15, that Amnon hated her with a very great hatred, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Get up, go. But she said to him, No, my brother, for this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. Now, now, verse 16 in the Hebrew shows an unfinished sentence spoken in great agitation. Because now what Amnon is doing is a greater evil than what he had done. It was horrible enough to rape his sister, but now by driving her from her, his house, He was bringing even greater shame and disgrace upon her. Now he did not even let her finish her sentence. He called the young man who served him and said, put this woman out of my presence and bolt the door after her. Lock it. And so what did she do? Well, verse 18 tells us. She was wearing a long robe with sleeves, for thus were the virgin daughters of the king dressed. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. She was wearing a long robe with sleeves. Now some believe this was a garment of diverse colors. What does that remind us of? A coat of many colors, Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Hated for that coat of many colors. He was, ended up being, being sold into slavery by his brothers and sinned greatly against by his brothers. And here Amnon is, is treating his, his half-sister like, like a prostitute. He had his way with her and now he puts her out. And he locks the door. And we see her grief. She puts ashes on her head. And she tore the long robe that she wore. And she laid her hand on her head. And went away crying aloud as she went. She was bewailing the greatness of her shame. Because of what had transpired. Now she was not at fault. But this brought shame upon her. This brought great shame and disgrace Upon her. And so she goes to her brother Absalom. It does not tell us how Absalom knew. But he knew something had happened. And he asks, has Amnon your brother been with you? And she, we don't even have the answer. But he says this, hold your peace. He is your brother. 
Do not take this to heart. Now, we might hear that and say, well, Absalom was just trying to keep peace in the family. But Absalom has a plan. He, he feigns a, a carelessness which he was far from feeling because he wanted to conceal his purpose, to revenge himself in the sight of all men. And, and if Tamar would act in the same manner as he is going to act, then that would not give him his opportunity. Now, as we'll see next week, he's going to act. And he is going to murder his half-brother. But we see the depravity of both Amnon and Absalom. Now again, God said this would happen. There will be evil, David, from your own house. It will, it will rise up from your own house. You will have no peace in your house. And so we see the depravity in the hearts of Amnon and Absalom. And we will see more of that depravity in Absalom. Because Absalom will pay play a, a huge role from here on out until the day he dies. We read that Tamar lived as a desolate woman with Absalom, her brother. She never married. She never married a man. She just lived in that state for the rest of her life. And then we hear of David. When King David heard all of all of these things, he was very angry. And he was angry, but he did not do anything. We do not find David acting to punish Amnon. It may be that the, the consciousness of his own sin held him back or he practiced a, a false indulgence toward Amnon. Amnon was his firstborn son. But he was angry, but he did nothing with that anger. You see, this would have been the case of a, of a righteous anger. There is a righteous anger. Now, sometimes we, we have the unrighteous anger and we try to say it's righteous. But here would have been a time for a righteous anger. Anger against his son. And he should have punished Amnon for his sin. He should have put him to open shame. Now again, next week we will see Absalom doing something about it. And keep that in mind because as Absalom will go and do something about this and David doesn't, this will begin to win favor for Absalom, who will later go on and try to usurp the throne from his father. And so what application can we make here tonight? Well, again, as I've already stated, Amnon was not a good man up to this point. He was controlled by Satan, and, he was let, and this led him to this very heinous sin and crime. And this should not surprise us because the natural man is totally consumed by his lust and passions. It shouldn't surprise us when we hear such crimes being committed in this world. Now Amnon should have protected his sister, but he violated her. 
We find Amnon in, in, in great depravity and wickedness. He had unnatural lust and passions for his sister. And, and he carried those out and he committed great sin uh, against the Lord and he would not listen to reason. And that takes us to the second point of application. A man uh, caught up in his lust will not listen to reason, but will do all he can to live according to his lust. Now, I use the term man, I use it generally because it speaks to women as well. The Bible tells us that we are not to be consumed with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or, or the pride of life. We, we are to avoid those at all costs. And really, that those three groups of sins, I believe, covers every sin that we could commit in this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We are to do all that we can to avoid it, to protect ourselves at all costs, so that we are not consumed with lust. And passion. You see, Amnon was consumed. So much so that he was sick. And he acted on that passion. He acted on his lust. And we see him committing very great sin. Not only against his sister, but against God. Third, we see tonight how the sins of David are now passed on to his children. Tonight we see Amnon committing adultery just as David committed adultery. Next week we will see Absalom committing murder just as David committed murder. And this is a reminder to us who are parents that we, we make sure that those generational sins that have been passed down with us, that they end with us. You know, in every family there are generational sins. That get passed down from one generation to the next. But if we are truly in Christ, we should say it ends with us. And we do not pass it on to our children. But we teach them the dangers and we show them the dangers of such sins. And we, we point them to Christ. We point them to the Lord Jesus for forgiveness and salvation, and we show them the difference that Christ can make in our lives. And so, what is the difference between David and his sons? Well, we already have seen and heard David's psalm of repentance. The difference between David and his sons. Is repentance and faith. You see, David repented of his sins of adultery and murder. And David wrote that beautiful psalm, Psalm 51, as he was led by the Holy Spirit, his psalm of repentance. And he put his faith in his mediator and the one who, was com who would come, who David would also say is, is, is David's Lord in Christ. We never hear or see Amnon or Absalom repenting of their sins. We never hear of them turning to Christ, their mediator. 
And so that is the difference. That is the difference between between us and, and our neighbors. You know, there are times when we act just like our unbelieving neighbors. We commit the same sins, if not outwardly, then inwardly. But what is the difference? It is the same as with David and his sons. Repentance and faith. We repent of our sin and we trust in Jesus all the more for salvation and forgiveness. And as we repent of our sins, as we repent from even lust and passions that once gripped our hearts and our minds and we turn to Christ, then all of our sins are forgiven. Not one remains unforgiven. Now I'm sure we could go home tonight and we could make a catalog after catalog of sins. We could find every sin in the Bible. We could write it down and it would be on our account. Because in one way, shape, or form, we've committed them all. We could take everything concerning the law of God that the larger catechism tells us we are not to do in each of those Ten Commandments and we say, yep, guilty there. Guilty there. Guilty there. That is how great our sin is against God. But understand this, if we are trusting in Christ, then all of our sins are forgiven. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for them. Christian, there is no purgatory that awaits you. There is no hell that awaits you. The only thing that awaits you is heaven because of what Jesus suffered on the cross. Now when we die, we, in the day of our death, if we were to find ourselves in hell, what would we think? We would say this, I deserve this. In the day of our death, we find ourselves in heaven. What will we think and say? I don't deserve this. See, sometimes as Christians, we think, well, we're, we're not like these people in the Bible. But understand, Amnon, Amnon and Absalom, they, they were covenant children. They weren't believers, but they were a part of the covenant family. They would have had the sign of circumcision. They would have been considered a part of the people of God. And they are doing these vile and wicked things. And we know why. Because their hearts are far from God. And sometimes we're surprised when such things happen in the church. But we shouldn't be. After all, we still live in a fallen world and we are made up of people and even in the church, there are some who are not truly in Christ. And so what about you tonight? Are you truly in Christ? Have you turned from all of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus and Him alone? If so, understand this. Your sins are forgiven. No matter how numerous or how great they are, Jesus has paid the price for every one of them. That's why we can sing hymns and psalms of praise tonight to our God because we are not guilty in the sight of God. But without Jesus, we are guilty. And we will suffer for our sins. But sometimes it seems like it's backwards. 
We see the wicked and they seem to be having good lives here. While God's people suffer. But the day of their death and the day Christ comes, it will be reversed. We will suffer in this life, but because of, the, of what Christ has done for us in His life, death, and resurrection, we will not suffer in the next because our sins are forgiven. And so again, if you have not come to Christ, come to Him tonight. Give up your sins. Turn from them. No matter how great, no matter how numerous they are, turn from your sins. And believe in Jesus. Trust in Him. And you'll be forgiven. And then when God looks at you, He will see you as righteous and holy in His sight. Because you are now clothed with the righteousness and holiness of Christ. May God add His blessing to the reading, hearing, the preaching of His Word. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank You tonight for Your Word. And Lord, we, we confess here tonight that we have sinned greatly against You in thought and word and in deed. Father, we ask that You would forgive us and cleanse us. Father, help us to put sin to death. Help us to not be controlled by our lusts and our passions because we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let us not grieve the Spirit. Let us love Him as You love us. Lord God, I pray for any who may be here tonight who are still in their sins, that You would even now bring them out, change their heart, give them a new heart, O Lord. Call them to your Son by way of your Spirit and, and give them the gifts of faith and repentance whereby they can cry out unto Jesus for salvation and be saved as they turn from their sin. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.